Hello and welcome to another Mad Action podcast on the subject of Arthur Miguel Army. This week we dive into deep depth on the Gazmodist with a guest from the United States by Sky. Enjoy the podcast. Welcome to another Mad Action podcast. Um, I've got Ethan Zorick on the other end of the Skype line, all the way from the east coast of America. You're in the capital of the free world at the moment, Ethan. That's how, true. How, how does that feel? Um, do, do you feel literally in the capital of the free world or is... Has anything changed over the last few months that, that that changes the way you feel about all that sort of stuff? Oh, I don't know. Other than our orange leader, I don't think so. Oh, right. <laughs> let's, let's leave the orange leaders off and, um, and let's, talk, let's talk toy soldiers because that's really what we're yeah. here for. Um, so this is a, our second experimental Let's Talk About List Composition um, podcast. Um, we've talked about the Sassanids with, with Richard Case who's um, been doing very well in UK competitions with, with that particular list. And now we're going to talk about a very similar but a little bit different um, kind of list in the form of the Gaznavids, which is is list 193 um, in sort of the pale, funny blue um, uh, section of, of the list book. And, you know, I, I guess it's probably even possible to make almost a, almost a literally identical Sassanid type type list out of this if if you really try um but it does sit in a different period um of the of the army list so it'll be coming up against potentially in a themed competition different different sorts of opponents but and and you've been using this in in various competitions in the states and and i understand doing quite well with it so you know looking at looking at the list you're you're starting with a commander plus four you've got planes mountain steps you can you can have a strategist um maybe the, the the whole general thing is the place to start when you're looking at a list and, and choosing a list um how important what what are you looking for in terms of command structure is it is there a thing you're looking for or or, or, or how do you actually even start um, putting together a list from from the commanders downwards so I think in, in ADLG, it's very important to have a, a vision of how you think this army works. Um, I, don't, um, I don't think you have to have um, high command ratings or, uh, you know, a particular set of troops, but you have to have um, an idea of what this army is going to do. Um, and so with Ghaznavids, um, which is a little bit like, can be a little bit like Sassanids, um, although I think used optimally, I think they're, they're slightly different and perhaps have slightly different, um, you know, kind of a, a strategy. But with Gazdavids, the idea is that you want a mix of elephants um, with pretty good escorts, and we can talk about what, what that is, um, with lots of Gilmany um, cavalry bow guys. Um, and then what I've learned, originally I thought of this as bo- more of a, a shooty cavalry army, and what it's, uh, as I played it more, what I realized is that it's the elephants that really um, make it um, go. They're, they're the, really the battle winners, although you, uh, you ignore the, uh, the Gilman types at your own risk because they play a really important um, supporting role. Um, and so when I look at this list, what, um, what I've come to realize is that you, you want to um, think of the army as a delivery system for the elephants. And so uh, the key is how am I going to get my elephants and their escorts kind of in the right place intact, which means without uh, ideally without getting shot at. 
um, so that they can deliver kind of the game-winning um, charge. Because there's not a lot of things that can withstand kind of elite elephants hitting them, okay. um, especially if you get to pick your spot. Okay, but, but if, you know, if we're looking at that from the, the command point perspective, you know, I, I'm looking at that going four command points. Elephants are tricky. They need decent generals. Otherwise, they, they don't move. They need all the extra mm-hmm. points to, to wheel around. So, so do you get do you concentrate them in, in one command? Do you, do you split them in two? And and what does that do for, for the command points for the for the other commands? So for this army, um, and I think this is uh, this is true for a lot of armies because I'm going to take a I'm going to take the strategist with this army because I want to get my initiative up high. And as you in the the list that I sent you, it's an initiative of four, which is which is pretty high. Um, because what I want to do is I, I both want to deploy second, right, so that I can kind of pick my spot with the elephants, and I want to move first so that I can, can dictate the initiative. So what I do is I split the elephants up, and this is a little bit different than I do with Sassanids. Uh, and I'm going to give one of the elephants to the strategist, um, and that's actually going to be kind of, if you will, the, the better elephant bunch. He's going to get the Delami as well because that makes them relatively easy to control because they're not going to be impetuous. And then he's also going to get a whole wing of Turkish um, gulams to support that. And so the idea there is uh, our strategist, Mahmoud the Conqueror, Right, he's going to be a kind of a wing of the army, kind of all on his own. And because he's a strategist, he's going to have enough points to command all that. Um, the important things to think about with this, the elephant is only um, ever going to be able to double move, right? So if you think about your command points, and really the key here is what are you going to do on the first move, right, is you're going to put Mahmoud with the elephant and with the Delami, and they're going to take basically no more than two pips because they can't more than double move anyway. Um, and that's pretty much going to guarantee you at least two more pips for all of your cavalry and light cavalry um, to clear a path for, for, for the elephant. Okay. And um, this, this is a – but, you know, if, if you're saying this is sat on a wing, you've, you've almost then committed your, your best elephant or your best elephant Death Star out of, out of the two mm-hmm. to, to one of the wings. Do you – because you know, is, there, is there something in that? Is that saying you want to put pressure on the wing and you're you're not really going to go down the middle against something with this army? You know, is this is this a, a can I can I or bust? Um, type um, no. So you so you don't really want to do a can I or bust. What you want to do, and this again is why you want to why it's very helpful to attack is you're going to pick one side or the other of the table, right? And so normally, well, so normally, so Mahmoud goes on one side. Um, then there's going to be another subgeneral who's basically just an elephant and his escorts and another command that's just um, cavalry. Um, and the idea is that you can, um, you can write a deployment such that you can go either heavy on your left flank or heavy on your right flank, um, depending on where the opponent puts his troops. Uh, and so it's not going to be a can I. What you're going to do is you're going to try to collapse one flank of the enemy. Okay, but if you know if you've because that's the bit I'm not quite following, so I'm trying to envisage this because I can get the fact your your strategist command it's got cavalry, it's got elephants that that's effectively two commands, isn't it? Um, mm-hmm. But if you've got your your cavalry are presumably going to be on the outside, then then you've got yep. your elephant. Um, uh, but how how do you weight that army one one wing or the other then? Because surely once that's in, it it's in, and you're either stuffing 
elephants with no cavalry on, on an outside wing, which on the other flank, which sounds a bit, bit crazy, or, or do you end up with the same deployment every game? You know, Gulam command, smaller elephant command, then your, your strategist command with elephants and Gulams. Is, is that it? And you're just concertinary it up or? So, so probably 75% of the time, that's what you do. Um, and the advantage of splitting the elephants up is that it makes the, the little elephant death stars, as you say, easier um, to command because there's not one general trying to control all the elephants and, and, the, um, you know, and their supports, even though one of them is going to be even an ordinary elephant. He doesn't have very much to do, so he's going to have the pips to, to manage it. Um, and we're going to make him included with his elephant because that's the only important thing in that command, in fact, anyway. Right. Um, and then, and then, so then, normally one of your two cavalry wings winds up, um, you know, uh, you know, mostly just skirmishing, and he's not going to be able to skirmish for very long. Yeah. Uh, but it's going to hold up the enemy for a turn or two, which is because you moved first uh, and you're going to move decisively with your elephants means the battle is going to be fought more where you want than where the enemy wants. Got, you've got yourself, so effectively you've got cavalry on both wings, and yep. one, of, one of those wings is going to be half the table um, in, in some ways, and then right. the other wing is going to be squeezed up and, and, and going yep. down the flank. And then you're, you're kind of concertinaing both, both your elephants. You deploy second, so yep. I'm, guess, I'm guessing you stick the Gulam-only cavalry command out first. Most of the time, or most of the time, that's that's what you're going to do, right? Yeah. Um, okay. So, so about one quarter of the time, and this is why I think it's pretty useful to have the elephant only command, is that in fact you'll wind up um, putting probably that elephant only command actually out on the flank, uh, and usually that happens when there's some unusual. Um, train on the flank because the elephant and the and that elephant only commands got his uh, his Indian uh, impetuous medium swordsman with him and which is a fearsome uh, you know going through rough going through a brush or a field or something yeah uh, and so sometimes you look at it and go yeah I really want that there um, and it's gonna it's gonna plow through it and then a lot of times when you do that you want to hedge a little bit. Um, and so it'll be on the outside of your strategist, um, and you'll you'll deploy or you'll be aware when you deploy in such a way that you might have to move some of the strategist cavalry, or, you know, around or in front of that command to help cover that elephant's flank. And again, the strategist is usually has enough pips to make that work. Okay, but that that sounds kind of a terrain thing, which um, you yep. know, if, if I'm kind of going back to the the top of the list. If you've got rough terrain troops and you've got cavalry here, um, is is there a is this just an army for the plains or it does, you know because some of these armies counterintuitively I've been using a lot of spearmen recently and mm-hmm. I think counterintuitively I've I've found that a spear army doesn't actually want much terrain at all. It, it right. uses its natural width. But what what's the natural home? What's your your chosen kind of setup for for this sort of army? So the ideal here is that you're, you know, is that um, you're probably going to attack and you're going to attack someone in the plains, mm. um, because you, because in the plains there's relatively little terrain that the opponent can choose that's going to be a problem for the elephants. And if you're facing elephants, you want to choose all the rough going you can that the elephants don't like. Um, 
And, um, you know, and you're right, a spear army probably wouldn't want um, a lot of terrain. And it's very interesting because I fought spear armies with this. And so what you do, um, even if there's no terrain, it's not just a terrain army. Um, again, you're going to wind up concentrating all those Delami, the Indian warriors, and the elephant on kind of one command of, of spear and just try to punch them apart. Yeah. Um, and then you're through their flank, and then you're through their flank, and the Gulans follow behind them, and then the spear armies basically in trouble. Yeah, they, they roll them up. So, so actually, look, you know, we've uh, the, the textbook big one, you know, you've got Gulans, Gulans, a uh, bit of light horse, you've got the elephant, yep. they lie my the textbook Death Star, you've got a couple of javelin men to screen the elephant, yep. and give you a bit of extra rough terrain stuff. But I'm, in the, uh, the other elephant command, there's, there's some really interesting things. So, an included general with an elephant. Mm-hmm. Um, and then medium swordsman impetuous. And, you know, I'm, I'm yep. looking at that. They're, they're, but that's a tricky bit of command and control. There, are you? You know, are you expecting this to to die, Mister Bond, as we say? In, in um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, they're you know they're um, they're about you know the elephant general, which an, an elite elephant general is remarkably fearsome. Um, and they're going to go, you know, kind of right through the right in the middle. They're almost never going to maneuver because they're going to be surrounded by cavalry um, and elephants, and you're going to have deployed second. Um, so you're you're going to know where you're going to want to send them. And you're charging this into literally anything. It almost doesn't matter. It almost doesn't matter. Is, is there anything that you think? Maybe I'll, I'll drift it across and, and try and get out of the way, or. Um, so, yeah, so you don't, I mean, uh, you don't, so the things you want to stay away from, so pike are a problem, um, because you, you have no, you can't get really any factor advantage against pikes. Um, you also, um, would want to stay away from kind of, um, good non-spear heavy infantry, so, like, armored billmen, foot knights are a problem, and it's not so much that they're elephants ideally can take those on, but those things will kill the escorts. Uh, and then you get into a bad exchange ratio um, with an army that's not actually very big, um, and you have trouble then decisively breaking through. Yeah, but I guess not. nobody's really got buckets of pike, you know, unless well, other than those yeah. one or two complete yeah. war pike armies. Normally it's difficult to fit more than, you know, even four or five into into a list. Right. So so I guess you, you can avoid those. But, but you know, it, Medium swordsman and Petrus is, uh, to me, it's kind of a you want four of them sort of troop type, and then then you can suffer some attrition. But but I suppose if if they're literally just going straight forward, and the elephant in the middle is is tough yep. against pretty much anything. Um, yeah, because I've I've seen the um, you know the Sassanid army used with with the medium spearman or or other things to to allow you to to do cleverer stuff with. But but I suppose looking at this, it, it looks very much like. You're doing cleverer stuff with everything else whilst the the enemy's attention yeah. is focused on this list. So, so it's interesting. So, this is an interesting comparison because that, that's actually what I think is the big um, weakness of the Sassanids. That the Sassanids are basically forced to take two mediocre medium spearmen, um, and so, and you know, and then, and that's in a lot of ways is the real difference because those are considerably weaker troops than the impetuous medium swordsmen, even if they're a bit more maneuverable. Um, because there's very little that they um, can decisively threaten on their own, even escorted by an elephant. Uh, and so then you're stuck with kind of these two weaker elephant escorts. 
And the Sassanids really only then have their own two Delami as escorts. And so you look at that, and then in the Sassanid list, in my mind, that forces you, if you take two elephants, they've got to basically be in the same command because you really want kind of those escorts for them. Um, and so you have a, you know, a single much more powerful elephant Death Star, um, but it's a narrower formation and it's a little bit weaker um, because it's stuck with those mediocre medium spearmen. Now, it's not that you can't get good value out of those mediocre medium spearmen, um, but they're just much iffier if you need to get wider um, or want to attack a wider formation. No, no, that, that, that makes sense. And, you know, if, if we look at the other bits in the, the Ghaznamid list, um, which are, are not in this, you know, fairly straightforward um, yeah. force structure, you know, there, there's still some interesting things in there. You know, oh, I, yeah. I, I, I think um, personally looking at it, you know, I'm, I'm always I'm toying with the idea whether light cavalry impact, light cavalry javelin can, can bully the near compulsory two light horse that, that everybody else seems to, to oh, have. Oh, yeah. Have. You know, um, and then and even just chucking in one or two of the um, impact cavalry just to give mm-hmm. you a little bit of an edge in theme um, against other people, that, that just gives it a surprise. You know, if, if you were doing this perhaps in a, a two-list a two competition, um, would is that something you think there's a way of doing it? Or is it just like there's not enough if you're going to do that, take a different list? Uh, no, so so it's it's worth thinking about what the list that I sent you doesn't like, and and what is okay. um is what's possibly a little counterintuitive. What it really doesn't like is a much more focused um, light horse and cavalry bow army, um, because what those can do. Um, are two things that are very problematic for this list. So one, they can kind of overmatch a wing and defeat it fairly quickly, um, especially, you know, so so looking at, like, there's a command that's three heavy cavalry, a medium cavalry, and two light cavalry bow. So if you bring... And you've, and you've only got one elite cavalry in there, which... Right. Know, again, I'm, I'm looking at them and looking at my Sassanid list and thinking, yeah, I'd just roll straight up to that. That, that would be... Right. Um, so if you can if you can match up to that, you know, pretty decisively, you can push that back at four MUs a turn um, or f- force it into a fight it probably can't win. Um, if you've got lots of um, light or, or cavalry with bows or other cavalry with bows, you can you can park them in front of the elephant formations. You'll shoot away those light infantry that are going to be screening the elephants, and then you can start shooting at the elephants and medium infantry escorting them. Um, and that's very dangerous for them. Um, and they and the and the Gaznavids can't push you fast enough um, into a melee combat with their elephants to really take advantage of those. So if you're in a two-list tournament with Gaznavids, what you want to do is you, I would almost certainly drop at least one of the elephants. Um, and actually, the thing that you yeah, I'd pick up to counter that worry about fighting another shooty cav army are the mixed um, heavy spearmen with archers. Yeah, um, that, that's like um, you know that that's a really for those to be heavy spearmen is quite an unusual yep. troop type. It, it, yep. it seems like it should be common, but particularly this late in the period, I think you know there's quite a few in the um, in the Byzantine list. But yeah, the three here looks like a nice solid lump. Yeah. So then you substitute that for sort of one, probably for one of your elephant Death Stars, if you will. Um, and then suddenly that 
let's go and shoot at your your kind of infantry or elephants in infantry suddenly looks a lot more dangerous when you have um, heavy spearmen with archers shooting back at you. Yeah, uh, that's a lot more tricky. Okay, so, yeah. you're, so you're pushing people back with, with that. Um, so it's, okay, so th- this starts to make sense then. It, it's two Death Stars. You've got one which is yep. which is just a sign of suicide missile. The other one is, is actually yep. two commands. You're yep. concertinaing it across the um, across the frontage as, as part of your deployment. Yep. Um, and then there, there's almost a two-list piece um, yeah. to, to this. So, you know, what? You, you mentioned kind of pikes and other things. Um, I, I guess it's the question: what what has caused you trouble with this list? What's what are those games that you've lost or, or it's not worked out? And you know, other than some of the things that we've talked around, or, or is it just um, um, so so it's it's worries about it's worries about that. Um, you can also get um, overwhelmed in terrain by people um, again with uh, even with like. Um, uh, people with good heavy infantry or a mix of heavy and medium infantry can can you know can block you in terrain. Um, the other one is a game that I that I won, although I, I probably shouldn't have, which was against a um, a Sumerian army, which was absolutely enormous. Uh, right. And <laughs> yeah. and in theory, I mean, like I have an advantage against a lot of his. He had you know a mix of mediocre and ordinary heavy spearmen, but there were an awful lot of them. Um, and, you know, and I looked at this, um, and really the only thing I could see to do was just try to crash through as fast as I could, which in the game turned out to work spectacularly as I annihilated his front line in, in about two rounds of combat with <laughs> very good dice. Uh, oh, and at the same time, his um, Bedouin allies full of um, camels with bows was unreliable the entire game while I was dismantling the rest of his army. Well, that, that, sounds um, like, that sounds like a perfect strategy, actually. I'll, I'll write that one down and try and remember it. <laughs> yeah, so if you can arrange to have that happen, then, it, then, no, then it's all good. Okay. Um, but in theory, that was a very dangerous enemy because while I, well, yes, I, could, I would expect I could beat up on all that, that heavy spearmen, it could absorb enormous losses of heavy spearmen, and that those medium camels with bows were actually, a, again, that kind of threat to my skirmishing cavalry that was covering my flank. Um, and not only that, it, if, it, it were, if his um, ally had been reliable, they would have been supported by spearmen kind of also wheeling into my flank, and it would be very hard for me to slow that down um, significantly. And... At the same time, it's unlikely I could have done enough damage to him frontally fast enough. Um, as it turned out, the dice gods were very much in my favor in that game, and it, and it worked out. But okay. but that's something that would be very difficult to deal with. Okay, Similarly, so that width of you know, spearmen, then, yeah. That width of spearmen. Or someone could come with a big width of, um, like, heavy swordsmen with two-handed weapons. Um, you know, um, that would be a problem, or... Um, a big infantry army would be a problem. Um, it's actually fairly hard to outflank people with cavalry um, purely in this game. And so yeah. if you have a big infantry army with enough um, kind of support from foot shooters so that I can't just um, skirmish you and, and shoot, shoot apart your infantry, then that would also be difficult just because it's hard to, to punch through those fast enough. Okay. Well, you, you mentioned skirmishing. Actually, this is, a again, almost a broader tactical question but um but with these commands that you've got here they've got a lot of ordinary troops in do mm-hmm. you see the you know evading coming back evading coming back is that 
is that a big part of the game? Because clearly there's an inherent risk in that. If if you're shooting with mounted troops, you're within two. If if someone's charging you with mounted troops, they can get closer or you know start to try and catch up with, or even move closer and then charge you. What what's your so, um, yeah. rationale on on when do I evade? I guess or, or when do I stand and try and take them on? So I'm pretty reluctant to evade from other cavalry because uh, the danger is you'll just get caught on the evade roll, um, you know, and th- and then you're you, you're you're certain to be destroyed basically. Yeah. Um, the big advantage of evading, and this is um, this is one of the reasons I think the heavy cavalry with bow are really useful for this army, is that you can you can drive that heavy cavalry right up um, with your elephants against someone's, um, uh, especially against an infantry enemy, um, shoot at them a little bit, um, cover cover your elephants uh, in your infantry's flank. Um, perhaps even charge and, and break off. And then when they charge to try to drive you off, you can evade and then come back and, and put them back in a zone of control so they still can't flank your, your main line. Um, and, yeah, they can bring in some troops behind, but that makes it take an extra couple of turns um, to turn the flank um, of your elephant line, at which time you hope they've broken through, um, and then you can start causing them problems another way. So the real advantage of the heavy cavalry bow is, is they're, because they're armored, they're reasonably tough. Um, because they can shoot, they, can, they always have a little bit of combat potential, um, and they're pretty versatile in how you use them. Um, and that's uh, perhaps another kind of uh, general way that you have to think about when playing this army is you have to be pretty ruthless in terms of sacrificing um, troops to make your main attack work. Um, if you ha- you know you, you have to leave your light infantry out um, to take all the shooting um, until they're dead, um, so that your your main attack can get in. If you need to sacrifice um, a heavy cavalry to guard a flank. Um, or to to take away an overlap to let your main attack have its best chance, then that's what you need to do. That that must take some um, some cojones when with a twenty twenty unit army as well. Just just oh yeah, you got two two light foot, three light foot, and uh, you know, a couple of cavalry. Suddenly it's, it's yep. a big old mess. But but I think that yep. lesson about getting the light infantry and pre- being prepared for them to die. Um, is a really, really important one. I think I, I picked that up about a year and a half ago, go, trying to send in um, some sort of impact medium foot against um, Byzantine mixed shooting formations. And I think the first game I, I did it, I, I you know, I, I pulled the light foot out and then I took some hits and then I just couldn't go through the, the sphere, even the inferior. But, but letting two or three of those guys die and then charging through intact with your best troops made just makes such a massive difference to, to how that, that combat washes out. Exactly. Um, and so, you know, so often, I mean, almost all my games, even when I win, you wind up with having taken, you know, 12 to 16 attrition point losses in, in winning. Um, you know, and you have to keep an eye kind of on that clock and have a sense of, you know, um, have I turned it so that I'm far enough ahead that even though, you know, I'm taking losses, I'm going to, I'm gonna, the damage I'm going to do is, is big enough. And, and Sort of the way the game often works is you. It, there's a middle part of the game where you take a lot of, of, of hits, kind of breaking through, um, and then the enemy just doesn't have anything else they can get at, right? There's all this heavy cavalry kind of swarming around, um, either generating attacks that they're very unlikely to lose on their own, or they're chasing them and they're running away. 
Okay. So, all right. So, so actually, then, j- just kind of recapping, or, or maybe mm-hmm. I'm trying to recap it, what looks like on paper a textbook shooty cavalry army um, is actually a kind of two-punch, um, two-death star, throw-it-at-anything army with, with support. And, and, right. Yeah, and I guess it's that what is that what what catches people out there? It, it looks like one thing; it's it's expecting one thing, but it it performs like a different one. Yeah, so so that, so it's like so it's that that to me is the main kind of mode is exactly what you described, um, and you know, and then the the other thing is the enemy still has to respect the fact that you've probably got you've got like eight um, cavalry with bows and and in this case three light cavalry with bows, and so if they deploy. Um, in a way that makes them vulnerable to that, then if you need to, you can hold back the elephants as just a threat to to keep them from dispersing, um, to to keep all the shooty cav off of them, um, and then just just shoot them apart, and then pick a time, you know, perhaps a little later um, to execute that elephant charge um, and break through. Okay. Right. So they still have to respect that you could um, be a shooty cav army. Okay. Um, even though perhaps that's not your your initial main inclination, right? So it's it's, it's got it's got quite a lot of different ways to to play. Even when it's been put on the table, it can still still start off on one foot or the other, right? Okay, interesting. And then I guess kind of the you know the wrap up question is um what uh, what kind of figures do you use for this one? Is this the, the get the generic Arabs um, gulams out of the box, and or is there a an Ethan Zorix special day <laughs> Gaznavid army? <laughs> Uh, no, so this is this is uh, a whole bunch of um, you know generic Gilman and Turkish types that I have accumulated over the years. Um, I actually for the the elephants are the uh, Essex Mogul Indian elephants, which are quite uh, actually ah, quite okay. nice. Yeah, that's that's good because I think my my you know I've got some Gaznavids in there. They actually are the Essex Gaznavid army, which must um, yeah. Gaznavid elephant, which must be some of the least inspiring elephants <laughs> with those three little guys and the the diagonal. Yeah. Pipe being held and, and you know, yeah. elephants yeah. from from before modern figures started having yeah. on it, and, um, and I hope, of course, that you've got the the proper Essex Gaznavid infantry that were in seventh edition, that were <laughs> and, um, and they're all identically posed, but then then suddenly they disappeared, and now everybody has to use them as they like. Yeah, that's the proper <laughs> ones. Good, excellent. Oh, excellent, uh, excellent. Well, thanks for that. We've um, we've skipped over talking about the Nafferton. But I'm, I'm guessing that's just because he's the third light horse, light infantry that you can have, and you can yeah. have two other light infantry bows. So there's nothing clever about about him. Being no, there's nothing up. clever about him. So he's he's just with the um, you know he's the singleton. So that's why he's elite to give him a little bit extra toughness um, okay. more than anything else. Actually, I'm sorry, I'm just where where does where does the upgrade to elite come from? Him? Am I missing that? Oh, I don't know. Uh, maybe he chucks out an extra to soak up an extra point, um, but yeah. it doesn't 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 look like he can be elite in the list. But we'll um, we'll come back the podcast. Um, <laughs> and make sure you don't have to hand back hundreds of trophies. Um, so, no, look, I think that's been really useful to um, to talk through a list like that. And we will, um, well, obviously, thank you very much for spending the time. Oh, of course, wherever you are, and we will no doubt do this again with with another um, interesting list in the future. Thank you very Excellent. much. Thank you. Bye. 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 Bye.